0: Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I have the pleasure to welcome an author whose two Western fiction books won in the Firebird Book Awards contest. He is John Lane, and his books are titled Gunslingers and Red River Reunion. John is a veteran of law enforcement whose career began with the Houston, Texas, Police Department in 1981. After bringing his badge to a couple of additional agencies, He retired in 2012, but never left the profession. He is currently a senior detective for a statewide law enforcement agency in North Texas. His writing career began in the sports industry as a freelance writer and a sports editor for national magazines and online publications. He grew up watching Western movies and reading stories of the Old West and his passion for history and the classic Western genre inspired him to write his first novel, Gunslingers, and its sequel, Red River Reunion, both classic Westerns set in 1877 in Texas. John is an avid sports fan and a horse enthusiast. He's a member of the Western Writers of America, Western Fictioneers, American Paint Horse Association, and the American Quarter Horse Association. And I am just looking forward to finding out more, so welcome to the network, John.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be with you.
0: Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. What an interesting background you've had. And we're going to maybe touch into that because I'm sure it plays into your writing. But first, congratulations on the uh, book wins.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I, I, was, uh, I was obviously honored to receive them, but uh, I was also a little surprised, you know, uh, you start into a, a business such as this and and uh, you hope that you put out work that people enjoy and and will like. And uh, when when you start getting recognized by uh, professionals in the industry and and start receiving awards, uh, for me anyway, I started to think, wow, well, maybe, maybe I do know how to write a book. So it was some validation for me, no question about that.
0: I agree with that. You know, it's it's really taking a leap, isn't it? To first of all, put yourself on a piece of paper and and put it out to the world, and then secondly, to put it under scrutiny into a book award. So, I mean, it's a big leap of faith to do that, and you never know what you're going to get back. But uh, when you do, as you say, it's validation and just spurs you to write more.
1: It really does. It, uh, it gives me anyway, and I know a lot of my fellow authors that I speak with uh, that are Uh, fortunate enough to uh, be recognized in in whatever category, whatever genre they're writing, uh, that uh, it it does give us the confidence to uh, forge ahead and continue on. And and in my case, uh, write uh, book three in my series. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm, I'm excited about that.
0: That is exciting. And, you know, Western fiction really is quite a genre. It's not a small genre. It's not a small group. There's a lot of readers that love that genre.
1: That's true and it's it's becoming uh, a bit more popular uh thanks to streaming services uh, on television and some expanded uh, services with regard to the literary world uh writing uh and uh producing uh, books uh in the genre and of course uh like I said the the television shows the streaming services have really uh sort of given the the western genre a, a new life. And it really never went away. A lot of folks think that the Western died right around 1969, 1970. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really never went away. It, it did lose, uh, a great deal of its popularity, mainstream popularity anyway. Right. But the Western fans, uh, out there, they, they, uh, they've hung around, they've stayed in there, and we've, we've garnered a number of new fans, uh, these days, and, and that's, that's really, Satisfying for people like myself.
0: Yeah, I can see that, and I—I I would imagine that being a detective for so long must certainly define how you write. That's got to bleed into your work.
1: It it really does, and and not all in a good way. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, my my publisher and and my editor, uh they'll they'll remind me that uh, I'm not writing a police report or I'm not writing something <laughs> along the lines in law enforcement. That it's a bit more creative, and I've been able to put that. Pretty much uh, behind me now, with my third book being completed. It hasn't been released yet, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, you know, I've, I've got the the creative uh, flair going. At least uh, I hope I do now. And uh, that that type of that style of writing that I've done in my professional career has more or less been been edited out now. But it also, in uh, a positive side, it, it really does give me uh, different insight on. Uh, Some of the things that my characters do, some of the things that they think, the big difference, of course, being that I'm jettisoned back into the 1870s here, so nothing modern can, can really come into play. And that's a challenge, but it's also something I enjoy a great deal. It just means that I have to do a lot more historical research, and I fortunately enjoy that, so it's not a problem for me.
0: I was going to mention that when I heard what you were saying, that I would imagine going back to 1877, obviously there's a lot of research involved, but I know for myself when I do research, you start going down these rabbit holes, and before you know it, a day or two or three could go by and become immersed in that, and you don't even have time to write anymore because you're so enthralled with what you're finding out.
1: That's absolutely correct, and uh, I think if, if you can get your research done within a, a couple of three days, you've done really well. Uh, I have had times where I spent a week, uh, sometimes a little bit more than a week, just doing research, taking notes, trying to decide how I wanted the information that I obtained, how I want that to be integrated into my story and into my characters' lives. And uh, that's, that's not always easy to do. Uh, but, uh, it, it's, it's a fun challenge to have. And, uh, I learn a great deal. And I, I'm fortunately, I'm one of those individuals that even at this stage of my life, I still, uh, enjoy learning, uh, as much as I can about everything that I can learn. And, uh, it's, it's really just, uh, helped me be able to uh, write in particular this genre that I'm so passionate about.
0: Right, right. And it is a challenge, but it's a very necessary one because readers are extremely savvy. And if you, you, know, you put some historical context in there or say something that really wouldn't fit in with the historical context, well, then there goes your book.
1: That's for sure. And this genre in particular, mm-hmm. oh boy, yep. if you don't have your uh, statistics <laughs> uh, correct, if you don't have your geography correct, uh, the the readers out there are very very knowledgeable and they will call you out on it and and uh, I've had a couple of my readers contact me questioning uh, some of the uh, events or some of the weaponry that was used in, in my books and I've been able to go back and and give them reference material as to where I uh, was able to obtain that information from and so forth and uh, so far I've been pretty good I've I've had uh, a couple of things uh, brought to my attention that when I looked at it, I thought, well, I might have been able to do it a little bit different, but it wasn't incorrect. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, that's the key for me. But, uh, Gunslingers, for example, my debut novel, I spent three years from the time I started that project to the time that book went to print. Uh, it, it took three years. And, and much of that was research and note taking and rewriting and trying to, Determine how I was going to integrate that that history into my story. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about gunslingers. What prompted you? Kind of makes sense if you have a passion for history and classic western. But what prompted you then to write a book?
1: Well, I I wanted uh, I, I felt like I wanted to write a book. Really going all the way back into my uh, high school years. I, I wasn't uh, the editor of the school paper or anything like that. I never got involved in anything like that, but. Uh, I did dabble a little bit with, with writing. I always prefer to write something down than to present it, uh, verbally and, and that sort of thing. Now that has changed as I've gotten older. I, I'm, uh, I, I enjoy talking with anybody and everybody that'll listen to me as, as my friends and fans and, mm-hmm. and such will tell you, but, uh, but early on in, in my life, I, I preferred to, you know, write things down, tell stories, that sort of thing, do research papers and that. And, uh, that really just, you know, sort of carried on through. And, and when I started my police career, I was only 20 years old. So I was a young man and, and I thought, you know, I'm going to start keeping notes and, and such of, uh, my experiences and I'm just going to keep it all in a box and, and someday maybe I'll, uh, be able to to write this down, and and the thought of writing a book uh, really was was put in my head uh, really at a, at a pretty young age, and uh, when the time finally came for me to stop thinking about it, stop talking about it, and do something about it, mm-hmm. Gunslingers is is really what happened.
0: Oh, I love that that you th- kind of thought about this early on and started stashing things away in a box for the future. That's pretty smart. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I sure did. Well, give us a peek into the book Gunslingers. What can listeners expect to read?
1: Well, Gunslingers, uh, it, it takes place in the summer of 1877 in North Texas and up into the uh, Indian Territory, which is modern-day Oklahoma. And uh, it really, it it the genesis of, of Gunslingers uh, comes from some of that uh, historical accuracy and research. The the story is is more or less thrust forward from the fact that uh, the area of North Texas, uh, Oklahoma, across into Arkansas, to the west of us uh, here in New Mexico and such, was in the middle of a uh, severe drought. It was a multi-year drought in 1877. That was kind of the middle of it. And because of that, Uh, There was uh, a shortage of water, of course, and and there was uh, a shortage of grass uh, growing for the livestock to to feed off of. So the cattle industry was up and running by 1877, but it wasn't really in full tilt yet, like it would become a, a few years later when the railroads stretched further west and uh they they um they more or less opened the the gateway uh to uh the cattle industry that really still exists today but uh in eighteen seventy seven uh it was still pretty tough to get your cattle to market and such and what was happening because of the drought is that uh cattle were were dying uh at an an alarming rate so what started to happen is some of the larger cattle outfits they uh they started to uh, resort to some nefarious uh, activity, and uh, not necessarily the, the cattle, the big cattle ranchers themselves, but individuals that were connected to their outfits. They would start rustling cattle from uh, the smaller and mid-sized ranchers who uh, didn't have as many mouths to feed, if you will, so their cattle wasn't dying as quickly. And, uh, they would, they would steal those cattle and they would integrate them into the big herds. And of course, the big outfits had the manpower and, and the financial resources to move those herds, uh, up into Kansas and, and further, uh, on east to the slaughterhouses. So, um, that's all historically factual. And, and that's kind of the genesis for gunslingers. Uh, the, uh, the book uh, covers a U.S. deputy marshal out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and an on-again, off-again Texas ranger from Buffalo Gap, Texas. They're the two main characters uh, in the book, but the, uh, the beginning of the story really uh, uh, starts out with uh, one of those small ranchers who happens to be a retired U.S. marshal uh, living uh, here in uh, the Texas panhandle north of present-day Amarillo, and uh he and his nineteen year old daughter are uh working on getting his small ranch up and running and a group of outlaws raid his ranch, they steal his herd and his horses and such. Uh and there's a backstory as to why this particularly happens to him and uh they the outlaws take off uh into the uh territory because there's no law uh there at that time uh in the Indian territories. They're really weren't settlements and, and marshals and stuff and uh, sheriff's departments. that they, they didn't exist there. So they kind of head off in there. And the uh, the daughter recovers enough to uh, find her dad's uh, retired old partner, and uh, she actually joins the, the trio uh, for some of the journey on trying to uh, recover their uh, stolen herd. Oh, wow.
0: And then how much time did you take between that and Red River Reunion? Did you dive right into the second book?
1: I really did. did uh, when I, when I finished Gunslingers, I already had the idea, uh, in my mind for Red River Reunion and what happened there. And, and this also, uh, happened for book three and I've started book four in the series. And as I was doing my research for Gunslingers, I came upon some actual, uh, events that occurred in history that gave me the idea. For Red River Reunion. So I just sort of made my characters, uh, sort of, you know, get involved in what was happening in the fall of 1877 when Red River Reunion takes place. It's just a few months later. And, uh, here's a spoiler alert. The, the main two characters, uh, do survive gunslingers and they return, uh, for Red River Reunion. And the reunion part of it is that unbeknownst to each other when the story begins, they're each each dispatched to uh, help protect some of the settlements along the Texas side of the Red River that were constantly being raided by outlaw bands from, again, the Indian Territory on the northern border of Texas. And uh, there were a number of uh, small settlements that uh, uh, were established on the Texas side of the Red River from uh, groups of individuals that were really fleeing uh, the southeast part of uh, the United States after the Civil War during Reconstruction. Uh, they, they weren't happy with the way Reconstruction was taking place, so they started migrating west, and a lot of them uh, made it as far as central Texas or so, and, and that's where, where they ended up uh, having to have their settlement. They they didn't have enough resources or they weren't healthy enough and such to, to push on to uh, Colorado, California, New Mexico and such. So mm-hmm. all of that's historically accurate also, as were the problem with the outlaw raids that were happening uh, from across the Red River and such. So uh, the governor of Texas sends uh, a, a a ranger up there to take a look and see what's happening, and the Western District uh, Marshal's office in Fort Smith, Arkansas, sends uh, a marshal, and it happens to be uh, Luxton Danner, which is the U.S. Uh, marshal, and uh, Wes Payne, who is the uh, Texas ranger, And uh, that's the reunion part of it. Uh, They're hoping in their journeys to this uh, particular town uh, along the Red River, they're hoping that it's each other that's been dispatched uh, up there because they had such success uh, with their first endeavor. So uh, that's the reunion part of it.
0: I love these books because it's reading fiction, so it's fun to read. But at the same time, you are learning history and you're finding out things that you wouldn't have known before.
1: Yes, absolutely, and and that's you know that's one of the things that uh, I like to do, and and most of my fellow uh, I would say most of my fellow uh, Western genre writers, whom I'm most familiar with, uh, try to you know make things as historically accurate as possible. Again, for some of the reasons we've already discussed, but uh, also it, it it does allow the reader to get a good understanding of what was happening, how life was uh you know during that time and so forth and uh you know the more accurate you are historically then the better uh vision the the, the better understanding that the reader will have mm-hmm. in you know how life was uh at that time oh. and and that's my goal i i i want my readers to uh feel like they're they're actually there in the summer and the fall of 1877. They're in the Southwest. They're involved with these characters and such. Obviously, as an artist uh, and author, uh, that's that's really the ultimate goal.
0: It really is, and and especially after the first book. So you have someone read the first book, and then they realize that you are historically correct, and yet at the same time it's an enjoyable read. Then they feel safe with you and they feel safe with your future books and then feel free to recommend them to others. So I think that's one of the hallmarks of a great author. Once you get past that first book and start to develop that audience, I think having an audience feel safe with you is extremely important.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I had not, uh, honestly, I had not thought about uh, the reader feeling uh, safe uh, about that, but that's absolutely true. Uh, they they do want to have the confidence in in the author and and not only be entertained but they they want to be able to uh, you know enjoy the author's style they want to you know again as you put feel safe in that environment that that we're creating and uh, the fact that it's historically accurate in most ways is not every way sure. is is really just a, a bonus
0: exactly exactly so now book three is. On its way, right?
1: Yes. Book three is titled Return to Canyon Creek. And for those readers who have read Gunslingers, uh, that that title uh, should get them excited because at the end of uh, Gunslingers, there were uh, a few questions that, that went unanswered, as is the case in, in a lot of books and such. And some of those answers were revealed in Red River Reunion, but not all of them. Uh, return to Canyon Creek uh, is going to put the characters back to the original town that uh, they're introduced in, really. And uh, they uh, they return for uh, for a specific reason. Um, they're they're summoned uh, by one of the uh, Canyon Creek uh, townsfolk there, uh, who is now looking for assistance because uh, the town is changing a great deal. Uh, there's a, there's a, a large cattle rancher that, uh, has bought into the area and has a vision for, uh, the town of Canyon Creek. And that vision isn't shared by most of the, uh, down, the townsfolk and, and the, uh, the, uh, the business owners there. So, uh, there's, uh, there's some conflict, of course. And, uh, uh, Luxton Danner and, and West Payne are, are summoned back to Canyon Creek. So, uh that's going to in, in a way this is sort of wrapping up a trilogy, although uh the series will continue. Uh I have started book four. I'm very excited about it because it's going to take place uh again with uh actual historical events and, and such. But uh the uh the, the third book is finished and uh is finished as far as the manuscript is concerned. Uh, We're in final editing right now, and I'm just about ready to send that uh, to the publisher uh, for production.
0: Oh, wow. What an exciting stage, right?
1: It is, yes.
0: (laughs) It is to finally get it where you say, we're done, we're done. What about your covers, John? How do you come about with the covers?
1: Well, my covers are are done for me uh, by my publisher. I I have a a wonderful uh, boutique publisher named Labrador Publishing. Uh, they're located up in Connecticut, a long way from me down here in Texas. Wow. But, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the woman that owns that publishing company is a incredibly talented woman named Christine Baker. And she does, uh, she does artwork for me. Uh, and, and the publisher, you know, some of her, uh, assistants in that, they put together the, uh, the cover artwork. I, I do have, it's, it's nice because unlike, uh if you're with one of the the big five publishers oftentimes the the author doesn't have as much input mm-hmm. as what people might think as far as uh something like a book cover and and titles even in that right. uh, i have i have the uh the ability to have a, a pretty good amount of input uh with that so i do uh i do have some and we decided that we wanted that silhouette um kind of theme uh, for the first three books mm-hmm. and uh, so the the I've seen the mock-up uh, preliminary cover for return to Canyon Creek already I absolutely loved it uh, it's it's just what uh, it's just what I would have drawn up myself had I had the skill to do that <laughs> and uh, so we're we're still putting the finishing touches on that also but it will have a very similar theme uh, to the first two books.
0: Oh. How fortunate to kind of stumble because basically that's it. There's so much out there. There's so many people out there vying for the same authors to find somebody that you could work with that actually fulfills your um, expectations.
1: Oh, yeah, I couldn't be more uh, pleased. I, i'm I'm so fortunate to uh, have the relationship I do with with christine Baker and and Labrador publishing and I really did. It was, I'd like to say that uh, it was all skill on my part and, (laughs) and, uh, I took care of business and and such, but, uh, a lot of it, I was just fortunate. It, It was just, I was in the right place at the right time. And I know that's a cliche that people, you know, say and, and people hear all the time, but I have to say that there's, there's something to it because that's what happened to me. And, uh, The the working relationship, the professional relationship is just off the charts and I couldn't be more pleased.
0: That's awesome. And that's why I use the word stumbled. I kind of used it on purpose because often I hear that authors find the the publishers or the artists or the the people that they're working with. And it, it is almost, as you say, being at the right place at the right time. It's kind of meant to be.
1: It is, and and you know I I will agree with your terminology again. Uh, stumbled, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, you know I I had my first manuscript, uh, like a lot of writers do. They they have it and they they start sending out uh, query letters and and they want to offer up that manuscript to other publishing houses and so forth. And and I did that uh, initially, and I was rejected by a handful, but. I was really fortunate that uh, it, it didn't take me too long to have my manuscript accepted the first time and go into production. So uh, I can't say that I'm I'm one of those writers that was rejected 100 or 200 times like like a lot of writers are. I, I really did, uh, as you said, stumble. I was, uh, again, in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time, and uh, it worked out for me.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy it all worked out because now – we get to read your books, and we're having this conversation today, so it it works for me. You know, as we're speaking, I was thinking, if you were to write another genre, have you ever thought about that? What would it be?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that, and I've already started writing another genre, and this is going to be a shock to the listeners, but <laughs> again, my, my 40-year profession in law enforcement, my other genre is going to be uh, crime and mystery, yep. and uh, I've started uh, a new series uh, in that genre, it's a, uh, it's still going to take place down here in the Southwest, but it will be contemporary, modern day. And basically, it's going to follow a, uh, retired Houston, uh, detective sergeant, uh, who takes a chief's job in a, in a smaller, uh, West Texas town. And, uh, once he does, uh, he thinks this is going to be a good retirement job, but he finds out that, uh, it, it's really uh, not a retirement job at all that uh, his his experience and skills are going to be called upon, uh, just like they were back in the big city in Houston. So it is uh, a completely different – it's not a different genre. It, it would still fall under the Western genre, but it's certainly going to be contemporary, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's modern day. And I'm about three-quarters of the way through uh, book one's first book, draft oh, wow. of the manuscripts yeah and uh, i'm i'm excited about that uh, once i once i get returned to canyon creek with the publisher and that moving along uh, i will look to finish uh, that uh, book one in in the new crime mystery dra- uh, genre and and we'll see how that goes but basically that that character is going to be based on my career oh. and uh i'm i'm pretty excited about wow. that
0: Oh, I'm glad I asked that question. You're like two Johns. You've got two things going on at the same time. I know mean, you're writing both of these books at the same time. That's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I didn't know if I would be able to do it oh. really. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that my readers don't find a, a change in my writing style in the, uh, Luxton Danner series. And I don't believe they will. No. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I've got, I've got too many good people looking at it and yes. helping me with it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I gave it a try. I, I started out uh, with the new genre. I have, you know, that first story already in my mind, the concept and such. And uh, I found that uh, I was able to do it. I was comfortable with it. Although I have to work on, and I know this is going to sound obvious, but it's a little deeper than that. I have to work on one book at a time. In other words, I immerse myself into my Lux and Danner, my historical Western, classic Western series, and I work on that. And then I have to pull myself out of that, if you will, out of that book, out of that that time period, Mm -hmm. and I have to give myself some recovery time, and then I move into the new genre, the, the contemporary modern day. Uh, so it takes a little bit longer. Uh, there's no question about it.
0: Oh, yeah, I can see that. You almost need to come back with some fresh eyes. You know, when you first said, my next book genre is going to be a shocker, I was sitting here thinking, oh, no, don't tell me chick lit.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't think I have that capability. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't write uh, any type of romance or uh, anything like that. I, I uh, At least I don't think I could. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I just... Uh, I don't find that to be uh, one of my talents at this stage of my career anyway.
0: (laughs) Just for a moment, you had me on the edge of my seat. I'm thinking, oh, what (laughs) what is he going to say? (laughs) This is awesome. Well... So much going on here. I'm glad we've had this opportunity to talk. I want to make sure we haven't missed anything, though, that you wanted to bring up.
1: No, uh, thank you so much for uh, covering everything for me. Uh, we've we've talked about, uh, of course, the first two books that are out there and available. Return to Canyon Creek is coming. I hope in December, if not December, then uh, January mm-hmm. of uh, 22. And uh, yeah, and and we even uh, we we got to talk about the the uh, new genre. Uh, that's coming. And uh, hopefully that first book uh, will be released sometime toward the end of 22. And uh, as I said, I'm working on book four in the uh, uh, Luxton Danner, what we call the Luxton Danner series. He's the primary character in that one.
0: You were so inspiring. Any author that's hearing this is going to leave this conversation just, you know, heading over to their desk and get cracking here. I'm glad that we shared all of this. Why don't you give us then any contact information where folks can find out more about you and get copies of your books for sure?
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm available everywhere. Uh, I have a worldwide distribution, so you can find me at all the, uh, the usual spots online. Uh, I'm also uh, available through uh, anyone's favorite bookstore uh, because I have that uh, full distribution. Uh, I am uh, in a number of uh, smaller bookstores, independent bookstores. The books are readily available uh but uh you know the Barnes and Nobles of the world um and uh, of course uh, through Amazon online and and uh that sort of thing uh, i'm available everywhere my website is johnlanefiction.com it's uh very simple the one thing is lane is spelled l a y n e just like john Wayne, only with an l and it's all together johnlanefiction.com and you can reach, uh, you can reach me through there. There's a, a, a real nice opportunity where you can contact me through there. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I'm at John Lane Writer on Instagram if you uh, look for me there. And I'm on Facebook also, uh, with the same, uh, John Lane Fiction, uh, if you were to search John Lane Fiction on Facebook. And you can uh, get through uh, all of those and, and find the books. Labradorpublishing.com is uh, my publisher. That's Labrador like the dog. Uh, Labradorpublishing.com. And uh, like I say, uh, that's uh, Christine Baker's publishing house, and uh, that's up in Clinton, Connecticut.
0: Oh, wow. You're just the best. All right. It's John Lane, L-A-Y-N-E, com, And the books we talked about? The two that are out right now, Gunslingers and Red River Reunion, and we'll just sit on the edge of our seats and wait for this next one to come out and and then uh, your whole new group later next year. John, what a pleasure it was to speak with you today. Thank you for sharing you, your history, and inspiring us.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, It's a a pleasure and an honor, and uh, if I can inspire uh, one person, uh, you know, those of us in in this industry, uh, most of us anyway, Uh, That's something that uh, we enjoy doing, and I know I personally enjoy doing that. So uh, it's been great to be on your show, and uh, I can't wait to uh, revisit with you again in the future.
0: Me too. Thank you, John.
1: Thanks, Pat.